A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you've fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds. And while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. We're fortunate to have a repeat guest back with us today, Alex Withers, who we've spoken to a couple of times, is in to talk about the role of the human marketer in an increasingly digital world. Alex is COO of a company called Margo, which we'll learn about, and has a long background in marketing. We first chatted in episode 18 And we also chatted in episodes 39 and 40. By my count, this is episode 169. So it's good to have you back, Alex. It's good to have you here. Great to be back, Mark. It's always a fun conversation. So for the benefit of our listeners, can you just briefly share your background and maybe a bit about your new company, Margo, which we'll get into deeper a bit later? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So my background really, you know, has been an accidental fall into digital marketing because as I graduated from business school and joined the Pepsi graduate program. And that was in 98, 99, the digital sort of boom and the dot-com boom was just really emerging. And so my whole marketing career has been part of the sort of the MarTech digital journey. And so I started at Pepsi. um, Then I went to into the news media, sports media, ESPN.com, after ESPN.com marketing and fantasy games. Then I went to the U.S. Golf Association, looked after digital, the U.S. Open Golf Championship. But I've spent the last nine years in software. I think for me, the one constant has been I've always been intrigued, interested, and implemented the world where digital technology and either content, product, or consumer experiences intersect. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. I think it can be done the wrong way, and I think it can be done the right way. And I've always enjoyed talking about that. Yeah. And you're pretty passionate about the role of the human marketer in this digital world. We've talked about it before. Given your marketing and digital experience, why why is that so important? Let's go back. Let's talk about the last 20 years, right? And we'll do it real quick. But in the last 20 years... I vaguely remember it. I vaguely remember it. In the last 20 years, technology obviously has advanced a great deal, and we've all been a part of that journey. And we sat back and looked at how cool it's been. Um, And it's been for good reason. It's dominated our profession. I think along that journey, we've forgotten two key things. One of which we talked about in a prior episode with Confessions of a Marketer, which was 
creativity and the power of the brand. The second is the human connection. Both have been overwhelmed by this obsession with data, science, and analytics. And I'm a huge believer in all three of those. So please don't get me wrong. You can't be a modern marketer without being obsessed with those. But there has to be a balance between the role of data and analytics along with brand and, and the human connection. And so I'm pretty passionate about the balance. How do we achieve that balance? And what I'm seeing is a bit of an inflection point where consumers are saying to a certain degree, enough is enough. Many feel machines are taking over. We're not quite at the Terminator 3 level yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> you know, Data, privacy, compliance, misuse of data has never been more of a hot topic. And there's just this overwhelming feeling of a lack of humanity in the buying process, which leaves consumers feeling unsatisfied and disconnected. And I've got an interesting stat on that. So PwC ran a survey and stated that 75% of consumers say tech has become more pervasive than they want, and they want more human interaction. And in fact, 64% of consumers in that survey said, that companies have lost touch with the human element. It's like when you call a company and you need a problem resolved and it takes 45 minutes to get through the menus before you can talk to a human being. That's exactly right. And and why has that happened? It's happened because we believe that data and technology can drive such efficiency that we have lost control of the human experience. Yeah. There's no doubt that, you know, in that example you just listed that call management and automated call management is a huge efficiency driver. But what if I just want to talk to a human being? I was reading something the other day about the Ritz-Carlton and how Ritz-Carlton have allowed up to $2,000 a day their employees to spend that Ritz money on making the customer experience truly memorable. Yeah, That's because they've prioritized the customer experience. And I think we just need to remind ourselves how important that is. Yeah. So you and I chatted periodically. You were on our show uh, three times. And and a year ago, you said, hey, I'm leaving my role as CMO and I'm starting a new business. And it kind of was like, wow. I mean, you've got had a great job. And I'm just wondering about this big move, especially in light of what's happened this year to the economy with COVID. Can you tell me about what the move has been like and and what you're up to at Margo? Sure. Well, it's certainly been an interesting year. There's no doubt. It's been a fun way to start a new venture. But I will say touch where things are going really well from the product perspective. And we've been out in market and, and the validation has been tremendous. But a little bit of background on Margo. Margo is a new CRM and marketing automation platform. And a lot of my marketing peers on the phone will be like, oh gosh, not another one. (laughs) But the trick for us is we're dedicated to a particular use case. So we serve the direct sales industry. We're powered by Salesforce. So we have a great partnership with them. And our mission is to make sure we optimize marketing and marketing automation in that industry. And just to share a little bit of the philosophy behind that, Earlier this year, I was fortunate enough to spend some time with Kadia Walsh, who's the chief strategy officer at Levi Strauss. And she talked about something which I thought really resonated with me, that there are three top corporate assets now in any business. There's data, people, and brands. And 
I think in what we've just spoken about, we've seen how we've potentially, as marketers, sort of directed ourselves too much towards the data piece and not enough towards people and brands. Yeah. Well, what's fascinating for Margot is we've got this $3.5 billion technology juggernaut powering us. But the challenge for us is in the direct sales industry, they've really cracked the code with people and brands. It's a people industry. What they haven't done yet is crack the code on data. How do they unlock data in a distributed sales force? And so it's interesting. This topic for me, I'm coming at it top down and bottom up because we know we have to optimize data people brands. And it's going to be a different challenge at Margo in the DS industry, but it's two sides of the same coin. And so, you know, we've just, for us, it's just going to be a really fun journey on how we play our role in, in a new industry. But I am excited about the product and, and how we're going to help you know, independent business owners. Yeah, I want to dig a little bit deeper on you know, human marketing, if we can call it that. Everybody comes on this show and almost every episode we talk about data and how it's driving customer experiences. And that seems to be all about data. It's almost, you know, like like the old uh, story about, you know, building a product and the world will beat a path to your door rather than thinking about what the world needs. You know, people are just so focused on data rather than the actual customer, the human customer experience. So why are you fighting this battle? So... I would be a, a fool if I stated that data is a red herring and it's not important and it'll never make it. Right. <laughs> you know, clearly, the role of data and analytics in business is critical. I don't think it's about whether technology will continue to advance and whether data will continue to have a more important role because I think that's absolutely positive and true. The question is how. How are we going to go about it? And how are we going to enable it to better serve our customers, whether they be consumers or B2B customers? Let me take a couple minutes to kind of go down the role of consumer psychologist. There are lots of, obviously, studies around consumer psychology. People will talk about there being five fundamental truths to consumer psychology. For the essence of time, let's focus on the two big ones, right? There is functional need and there is emotional need. And I think what data has done in marketing is it's made us incredibly good at delivering the functional need. And the functional need really is how efficiently and effectively can I meet my needs? And a great example of that is Amazon, yeah. right? I can go on, I can quickly find what I want, have it delivered to my door, and I can functionally get what I want. But what's interesting, and there was a recent study by the Baymart Institute they found that card abandonment rates are up 70% year over year. And I think that's because people feel like they have a functional need. They go online to buy it, but it hasn't met the emotional need yet, and so they don't pull the trigger. And so the human piece in the shopping experience, the retail experience, or the B2B buying experience is really important because it provides the positivity and the energy by which you're going to pull the trigger. And so... What we need to do better as marketers is find ways of not just using data to serve the right product to the right person at the right time, but also remember that they need to want to pull the trigger because they trust you, they feel comfortable with your brand, and they're excited to purchase. And so the reason I fight this battle, I'm so passionate about it, is as marketers, we need to make sure we have used everything at our disposal 
to meet both functional need and emotional need. And if we rely just on data and science and technology, we won't achieve that goal. Right. So how how do we make strike that balance between, you know, it's nothing short of amazing what's happened with technology in the last couple of decades. How do we balance that advancement with the role of the human marketer? You know, the, the you and me and you know all the people out there applying their trade. Yeah, I think as a marketer, you know, we we're passionate about brands, we're passionate about data and science and tech. The other thing we're often passionate about is process. And I think if I think about the process we need to go through, first off, it's awareness, right? It's podcasts like this where we talk about the topic. And then it's understanding, it's comprehension. It's understanding in your world, in your context, in your industry, in your organization, how do we optimize data, people, and brands? Because it's not going to be the same for everybody. So if one size doesn't fit all, how do I as a marketer understand those three And how do I make sure and challenge myself to always be thinking about all three when I deploy go-to-market strategies? Once you figure that out and you create a strategy around how you're going to always optimize data people brands, and you've got to execute on commitment to that process, constantly revisit, constantly challenge, and get communication and buy into it. There's lots of studies around the human element within retail But it's not just about retail. We've seen, I think, in the last six months with COVID, the industries that are impacted when people can't travel, they can't meet, they can't interact, whether it be enterprise sales or airlines, there's such a knock-on effect of COVID. And I think a lot of it's been driven by the fact that people cannot connect in person or they can't connect at a human level. And so in terms of the how... I think it's about it's about understanding your world and, and deploying strategies that embrace it. Yeah. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit vitalit.org today. Want to learn a little bit more about Margot? You mentioned that it's serving the direct sales industry, and I think of Avon, Pampered Chef, Mary Kay, things like that, that are very dependent on the people, on those representatives to go out and, you know, share the the story about the the company and its products. So, how are you balancing that? Yeah. So, Margot and the DS industry. Um, has got to build that connection around, again, I'm going to keep coming back to it because you say it seven times, people will get it, right? Around data people brands. So you mentioned they're very good at people. They're a people industry. They tackle the emotional side of consumer psychology very well. Personal identity, social belonging. People feel like they're part of a tribe. That's very big in the direct sales industry. If we were to disrupt that or threaten that, I think that we would be doing the industry a disservice. And I think, well, personally, I don't think we'd sell anything because they know how different they are. They know the role of the independent business owner is critical to the supply chain and critical to their business model. So for us, and I think this holds true for any industry, it's understanding how we can play our position well, right? We don't want to take over we want to be an amazing asset and partner to them. And so what do I mean by that? If they've got people and brand nailed, 
right? People understand the Rodan and Fields brand. They understand the quality and how effective it is. They understand the people in it, and they're passionate about Rodan and Fields. So where we need to play our role is allowing technology to make those things more enriched and come alive. So how can marketing automation help with event management, with timely follow-up, and that only marketing automation can manage at scale? Replenishment, making sure people get the right product back again as quickly as they can, and you're not leaving revenue on the table. Cross-sell recommendations, right? How do we take Amazonian-style recommendations and apply them in the direct sales industry so we can grow their business, maintain their business, and do it in a multi-channel way that is not being done right now? All of those things enrich the existing dynamic. They don't replace it or threaten it. Um, And I think that's really important. Yeah. So so giving those people who are in the direct sales industry, almost more channels to get to their customer. That's exactly right. You know, leverage technology to do some of the heavy lifting for you, but that doesn't mean it's replacing you. In fact, it's actually from a productivity and efficiency perspective, it's buying those independent business owners more time to service their customers and interact as humans when they know that's a huge competitive advantage in their industry. So our job at Margo is to enrich and to support the industry and apply data and technology to help them be better, bigger, and grow revenues. And in fact, I read a quote the other day that said that retail is the largest single human behavior lab, yeah. but only if you unlock the data. And so our job at Margo is to unlock the data for these direct sales organizations and help them then apply it to be better and support their field and grow business. Yeah. So do you work with the uh, larger organization or do you work with the individual representatives? So we work through the larger organization. So we would sell Margo as a platform into Rodan and Fields or Mary Kay or Young Living. But we would then work with their field to give them the tools and ease of use that they'll actually adopt it. One of our missions um, is to, you know, in, in deploying the, the best of Salesforce's technology into this unique space, is to democratize marketing cloud. And what I mean by that is marketing cloud historically has been a corporate tool either for B2B marketers or B2C marketers. Yeah. Um, and you have to be certified on it and it's incredibly powerful. But our job is to democratize it and put it in the hands of millions of independent business owners by making it easy to use, engaging, relevant on their mobile device so they can very quickly market, communicate, and manage their world. It's kind of, think about the TurboTax model, right? Not, none of us are CPAs, but yet we can still do our taxes because TurboTax guides us through it. Well, that's the Margo model with digital marketing. How do we do that and guide folks to be digital marketers without it being seen daunting? And if we do that, we unlock data, we unlock the digital ecosystem, and now both company and seller are better. You're giving them tools to do their job better. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And if we do that, and that data then flows back to corporate, all ships rise, right? The corporation is now a stronger, more data-driven company that can predict churn, it can predict sales, it can 
make sure that things like replenishment is not left on the table. And then the sellers are more engaged. They want to stay in the business longer. They're making more money. They're happier. So it's, it's really about deploying technology and marketing automation in the right way to serve the industry that we've chosen to serve. It strikes me that this is actually a better application of the Salesforce technology than in large corporations where, you know, someone has to ride herd over the salespeople to make sure they enter the stuff. It's in their interest to do it, of course, but it's really in the interest of these people in the direct sales industry to use a tool like this to understand, you know, those one-to-one relationships that they have with their customers. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Mark. I think that you know, for me, coming out as a, a business school instead of Pepsi on as a packaged goods marketer, there is no better training than to create pull demand for your business, right? You're, yeah. you're inspiring people to want your product. I think sometimes in technology, we get so wound up in how cool it is that we push it onto our world and expect them to be equally as excited. I think for us, it's about how do we create a solution that in these independent business owners and sellers want to use, they pull it through the system and all ships rise. And so I think deploying packaged goods marketing theory into the technology space creates that wonderful opportunity to build something that people want to use, but then it also benefits the organization and unlocks that big digital ecosystem. Yeah. So this has been an interesting year, and at the end of every podcast, I like to think about the future, and it's kind of hard because of the pandemic that we're all in and the economic kind of problems that we've encountered and the social unrest. It's been a tough year, but let's assume that the pandemic does end at some point, you know, in the next several months or in the next year. How do you see the role of the human marketer evolving over the next few years? So I think as people realize the power of the human connection in that dynamic of data people brands, I think it will continue to evolve and grow in how we deploy technology and strategy. I was reading a Forbes article um, earlier this week. And there was a great quote in it that I'm going to actually adjust on the fly, but I'll give them the the credit of the original quote, which was, consumers still crave connection despite connectivity, which I think is a wonderful quote. Well, the reality is you can replace consumers with humans. And I think that is where we're going to see the next three years. I don't think the event business is going under forever. I don't think the travel business is going to be a disaster forever. I think that people are going to get on planes, they're going to go to events, they're going to want to be humans craving connection despite the fact that they don't have to, right? Right. They could sit in their home on Zoom all day. They could not interact in a human environment, but people want to. And I think that'll be the biggest thing we see over the next three years that, yes, some things will change forever, but I think humans will still crave connection. And the other piece when I was researching this podcast for you and I today, I came across a company called Precision Marketing Group, and I want to make sure I give them credit for this, but they talked about how humanizing your marketing builds trust. So we always talk about as marketers, are you a B2B organization? Are you B2C? Are you peer-to-peer? They talk about, rather than it being B2B, it being H2H. So how do we do a better job of building human-to-human? 
Um, and I think we're seeing a lot more of that, whether that be community reselling on apps like Nextdoor. But humans are going to want to crave human to human. And I think that H2H needs to be a continual part of our, of our marketing strategies. Yeah, we've talked about that, I think, on the first episode of this podcast in 2017. I had someone I've known for a while, and and he said it's you and me, not B2B. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've thought of, you know, I've been mainly in B2B marketing my whole career. I've done some consumer stuff. But you're selling to human beings, no matter who, you know, a company, you're not selling, a business doesn't sell to a business. A human being in a business sells to a human being in another business. And there, there's, it's, it's can be a more complex sale. That's for sure than going and buying, you know, a pair of jeans at LL Bean, but it's, it is in the end, human beings who are driven by their kind of irrational side. Sometimes, you know, it's a human thing. It is. It comes back to what we talked about earlier. It's, it has to be function plus emotion. Yeah. And the human plays such a big role in the emotional piece building trust and building credibility and building connection. And so we've just got to keep making sure that we embrace data and technology, but we do it in a way that makes our people and our human connection stronger. And if you do that, then the brand becomes stronger. Great. So before we end, how's your golf game? (laughs) Well, I think I probably put myself in the same bucket as most golfers, which is COVID has been very good for the golf game. (laughs) It's a perfect social distancing game, isn't it? It's a perfect social distancing game. You're working from home. You can go grab nine holes whenever. I've actually got some really good quality time with my kids, taking them out to play golf because I haven't been traveling as much. So, yeah, the, the golf game is in pretty good shape. You also live in North Carolina, and I, I think you and I spoke last winter before before COVID hit and it was, you know, snowing here in Massachusetts and you were heading out for uh, nine holes, I think. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world down here. I'm very fortunate to be here. And, you know, I have to say uh, last couple of weeks, I've been getting back on planes. Delta Airlines are doing an amazing job. And it was so energizing to get back out and meet people and have real human connection. And so as great as it's been to play a bit more golf and get some more time here in North Carolina. It's, it was so energizing to be back out in the industry and meeting folks. And I'm just, I'm excited about Q4 and and I'm excited about 2021. Awesome. Well, as always, this has been a wonderful and enlightening conversation, Alex. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mark. It's always fun. All right, that does it for this week. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark Reed Edwards, executive producer, writer, and host of Confessions of a Marketer. Shep Salau is my producer, helping put together the shows every week. Annalyn Timball is my assistant, and she helps with guest relations and getting everything scheduled just right. Thanks, Sheb and Annalyn. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2020. Stay healthy, and see you next time.